So by moving from gold to silver or silver to gold, when the ratio dictates, you literally in one direction can increase ounces by 50% and come back and have doubled your ounces over time without putting more money in. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. What's up, Jason? Hey. Hello, fellow (laughs) co-host. Good to have you. And we're going to be talking about something a little unique today. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about gold, um, silver, uh, nickel, uh, precious metals. So we're going to figure out uh, what we should be doing. And as we record this, we are in the middle of coronavirus and some things are changing. Oil and gas is currently down. Uh, You know, different types of real estate are... Some of them are going up, some of them are going down, some of them are going sideways, and we're thinking, <clears throat> what better to do than to have Tori Agler on the show, who is an expert at precious metals, to talk a little bit about that and to see if that's a possibility for you, the listener, to start diversifying your money. So, with that said, Tori, how did you get into precious metals? And I keep saying gold or thinking gold. Um, so, my question would be if if that's your main focus, gold, or am I completely off base if there's other precious metals? So, how'd you get into this and what do you focus on? You bet. So, yeah, we focus on all of them, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, physical metals. So, anything that I'm going to be discussing is going to be in regards to the tangible commodity, right? I got into this, uh, I'm in my 13th year here with McIlvaney ICA, which is a 48-year-old precious metals firm. And I actually started back then because I had a non-compete clause from selling a business uh, in therapy, athletic training, sports medicine, that sort of thing, and had to do something completely different. And it had interested me, the markets in general had interested me. And so that's how I ended up coming here. And that that non-compete clause steered me onto a new career path. And during that period of time, you know, it's it's been fascinating where I work. I've been honored to be where I am uh, because it is, you know, an exciting really 12 years since I've been here. Because you got to go back to 08 and realize that's, you know, right before the onset of the financial crisis too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the reason that I met your uh, business partner, I think one of the founders, is because we were both speaking at a at a conference, uh, best ever conference up in what city was that? Keystone. Uh, Keystone. Yes. Yes. Of course, where the famous beer comes from. Exactly. Um, so yeah, we were up there hanging out, and we were backstage. And he was like, what do you do? And I said, I buy apartment buildings. And I said, what do you do? And he started talking a little bit about precious metals. And I said, that's very interesting. That's very creative way to make money uh, with real estate and business. So you should come on the show. So anyway, um, that's how we got to where we are. Now let's go and ask this question. Just when he was speaking at the best ever conference, what was he focused on? What did he want to share with the audience at the time? He was really focused on, you know, in that sphere of alternative investments and precious metals being one of them. And it's not just precious metals. David McIlvaney is the son of the founder, actually. It's a second generation family owned business. And Don and David McIlvaney have spent their entire adult lives in the world of finance and investments, you know, not just precious metals, but again, wealth management. 
and mostly from the standpoint of more of a, a conservative, alternative, sometimes contrarian viewpoint. And with the market turns being predicted really in the previous two years, uh, David's been really trying to, to uh, beat it into people to diversify, to move into safe havens, to protect portfolios. And so that's why he was at the Best Ever Conference. We had met uh, the organizer of that conference as well, and he was really taken by one of the new uh, investment features that we've created here in the last couple of years and wanted David to speak to that as well. And that's vaulted.com. And we can get into that later. But that's really how David got that foot in that door. And obviously, a very accepting audience, you know, investments in alternative uh, opportunities includes real estate, but precious metals has been there all along. Excellent. So what is a safe haven and why do you want others to know about it? So a safe haven is anything that's going to diversify you as well as protect you when things turn to the downside, right? So a safe haven can certainly be uh, considered cash. As you dig deeper into cash, though, it may not be the safe haven that, that everybody assumes that it is, right? As the purchasing power of the U.S. currency has gone down 97% since the inception of the Federal Reserve, that doesn't sound like such a safe haven. In the short term, it can be, especially for an investor who's temporarily in a short-term basis on the sidelines, right? And so uh, a safe haven can be something, though, like even in the equities markets, a short, for example, that if the equities markets turn down and you have a short uh, in that position, then you can actually profit to the downside. It's like the great short in the housing market back in 08, 09, where there's a lot of money to be made to the downside. That would be considered a safe haven in some instances as well, at least a hedge or a diversification. And so what do you do for clients? So what we do for clients is focus on the safe haven that the physical precious metals represent, right? So you could be uh, an oil man and have barrels of oil. You could be a farmer and store up silos of grain, but holding a tangible physical commodity is, is really critically important because the majority of any portfolio is going to be based on paper, right? Just like holding real estate, people like land. They like that tangible aspect of that. Uh, the precious metals have an advantage in most instances in terms of their liquidity, right? That it's a little bit easier to buy and sell or acquire and trade uh, precious metals than it is real estate. But we focus on not just taking gold and putting it in the corner in a shoebox in the closet. We focus on a real strategic, dynamic, managed approach where we can compound ounces over time. Uh, if if somebody is going to say, all right. 10, 20% of my portfolio is always going to be in physical precious metals. That doesn't mean that it has to just be sitting there stagnant. We can actually trade, we can acquire compound ounces by moving from one metal to another uh, and to another. We can trade out of high premium product into low premium product based on certain market demands. But that's what we do for our clients in, in a very long-winded answer. <laughs> we manage your precious metals portfolio. And one of the things that you said was that you focus on the actual physical gold. Uh, why did you separate it like that? What's physical gold versus uh, non-physical gold? So the paper gold market, you know, for example, what you're seeing in the in the spot price of of any precious metals, right? So let's take the gold futures market spot price, for example. That is going to be something that does not represent post-fabrication costs. It doesn't represent 
anything tangible. It is a paper investment that actually can be acquired with leverage, right? And and so you get far more speculation in the paper market. You have far more paper ounces that exist than do physical ounces. So it's not a true representation. Some paper-based precious metals investments can actually be backed by the physical commodity. And in fact, most of them are required to. Uh, and so what's different though about the physical precious metal is that nobody can lay claim to it. You own it outright. It's not shared. It's not a pooled account. Uh, it's something that can't go to zero, you know, much like what we saw happen in the oil industry, as you mentioned uh, when we were speaking. That's a contract phenomenon, right? That's the oil market, futures market contract phenomenon where there's details and intricacies to any contract that could actually drive oil negative. Well, you know that any anybody that owns a barrel of oil knows that's, that that barrel of oil did not just become worthless, Right you can still turn around and produce something of use. And, and same thing with gold, silver, platinum, palladium, the metals that we focus on will never become worthless. So you mentioned something about uh, papers having leverage. Can you or can you not borrow against physical gold? You can. In fact, we have a lot of real estate transactions done where gold or or silver in the physical form will be uh, backing, you know, that that investment, uh, that application, that loan, and yes, you can borrow against it. Uh, you can use it as collateral, and so yes, there's real value. It's no different than having again a, a piece of real estate backing another investment. Physical precious metals. I'm I'm doing valuations frequently for people that need proof, you know, for a lender, for a bank. Uh, as to the value of their physical precious metals for collateral. There might be a couple approaches to investing in precious metals. There might be um, similar to the people that invest in land. Uh, There's land bankers and then there's land flippers. Or similar to an apartment community, there's people who flip apartments to try to get the most amount of value in the shortest amount of time. There's others who just hold it forever. Um, So I'm seeing with precious metals that there might be one approach where I just go ahead and buy gold and I store it in my closet, in my shoebox, like you said, or uh, separately working with someone like you where um, you're actually trading from one metal to another metal whenever whenever you see that, oh, we've got a lot of this, let's sell it would sell the one that's expensive today for the one that's on uh, on special today. And tomorrow you do the same thing over and over and over. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages on both sides? Yeah, great conclusion that you drew. I mean, that's exactly right. The advantage to just buying and holding is that over time, it's going to appreciate. You know, when our company started back in 1972, uh, Don McIlvaney will never forget the time that the guy said, wait, you can help me get real physical bullion coins. You know, it wasn't even legal in the United States until 1974. Uh, but there were collectible coins that were allowed or even religious medallions were allowed. But the guy wanted $50,000 worth. And at the time, you know, you're looking at gold at $38 an ounce back then. Well, if you just held those original ounces, they'd be worth $2.2 million now. And so that's what gold does over time. Unfortunately, it's not that gold is performing well 
as an asset class. There are times that it certainly does, and it has the last four years been in a bull market. But really what it's doing is it's just offsetting the loss of purchasing power of the currency uh, against which you're measuring it. So one of the values or one of the benefits of of the buy and hold is that it eventually will go up over time and it's a store of value and you're saving any transaction costs, you're saving on uh, on the bid-ass difference, you're saving that spread, if you will. But by compounding ounces, you're more than offsetting that and you're in a strategic uh, growth type of portfolio, all right? So by moving from gold to silver, or silver to gold when the ratio dictates, you literally in one direction can increase ounces by 50% and come back and have doubled your ounces over time without putting more money in. So if you could use the real estate analogy, for example, if you're able to you know, realize appreciation of a particular unit that you bought and turn around and be able to trade that for two units that may not have uh, any greater value, but then you can improve those properties and then turn around and sell those and go buy four units. That's exactly what we're trying to do with the metals uh, without it always taking just a huge influx of additional capital. When an investor decides to be invested with a company like yours, are we buying stock or equity in the company and what the company is able to do? Or are we buying gold that only uh, myself would own? Only gold that you yourself would own. Now, it doesn't have to be in possession. That's the majority of our clients decide to take delivery of anything that they acquire, right? Keep it in your own safe, keep it in a local safe deposit box, whatever it is that you want to do. But we have domestic and foreign storage accounts as well. And so you can store product in Zurich. You can store product in Toronto. Uh, we can follow these these strategies in a storage account, which actually makes it really easy because no, it has nothing to do with our company. You know, you you have zero exposure to the health or viability of our company or the longevity of our company because you own the actual physical asset. In fact, any storage account agreement, it's really, really critical that you do not acquire the physical ounces from the facility that you actually are storing at, right? Because that's where Ponzi schemes come from. And so you want to avoid that. But if you're in a storage account, even in an IRA, we do a ton of metals in, in IRAs, right? SEP, simple, Roth is very popular. Uh, traditional IRAs, doesn't matter, 401ks. And so you may never see the actual metal in your hand, but you own it, nobody else can lay claim to it, and you can take delivery anytime you want out of any one of those options. Tori, quick question on the tax implications of this. So is are you taking these when you're taking the profit from gold and then buying silver? Are you taking, is that an active income? Is that capital gains? Can you 1031 exchange precious metals like you can real estate? Unfortunately, we lost the 1031 exchange uh, when, when the Trump administration passed the new tax laws. And so not this year, but in 17. Unfortunately, that part is gone. It is capital gains. It is the short-term capital gains, just like GLD for, for an ETF example. If you sell GLD, you're at the short-term capital gains uh, tax rate. And so, yes, unfortunately, when you're doing those compounding out strategies, if you're at a gain, that has to be taken into account. And, and that's actually a really critical question, Jason, because there are, there are some firms that will irresponsibly try to do what we've done for over 35 years, and that is 
just swap for the sake of swapping to, to pick up some ounces, not taking into account the net effect to the client. It has to pass the muster. It has to, it has to clearly make sense mathematically. It has to pass compliance and the client has to be the big winner. So if, you know, the only time that a brokerage firm, a commodities brokerage firm is going to, uh, have a, a, a brokerage fee for service is on the acquisition of the new metal, right? So if that's happening, then the client has to be far and away the big winner. If we're talking about a 50% gain in ounces for a few percentage points on a transaction fee, it's much like real estate. We're more the broker. We have nothing to do with the ownership side of the real estate property. Uh, but because we're brokering that, you do have that. But because again, you if you're selling one at a gain to acquire a new one, then you have to take that gain into account in the net ounce gain. Oftentimes though, Jason, that that gain is not even there. Sometimes we see the ratios correct in a declining market or the ratios have have swung because one metal came down and you're selling that metal at a loss. And so we see a lot of great tax advantage on the physical precious metal side because you can not only compound ounces and pick up more ounces than had you acquired that metal initially, but you get the tax loss to go with it. Interesting. The most unique way you're seeing people use precious metals that are real estate investors. Is there any ways that, that you're seeing that they're doing it specific because they own real estate and investing in real estate and have that risk than say a traditional 401k that's a salaried type person? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, for lack of a better term, resource for an alliance of real estate investors, a large group. And, you know, about 18 months ago, there was a call to begin getting on the sidelines, right? We're in the middle of a COVID-19 economic shutdown. What we were already set up for that, that ended up just getting exposed is an economic downturn. It was coming anyway, right? And so the the COVID virus was just the skier that came along and triggered the avalanche. The avalanche conditions were already set. And so we had encouraged, you know, and David McElvaney has spoken a lot about this as well, uh, encouraging people to maybe minimize exposure in the real estate, be on the sidelines. And so the way that we've seen real estate investors use the metals is instead of sitting in cash in the bank, Everything's changed in the banking system. You have bail-in laws now, right? That expose you're a you're an an unsecured creditor with every dollar that you keep in the bank. Yeah, there's FDIC insurance. They can take years to make you whole. Uh, we've even seen an inability to go into the bank lobby without an appointment, right? And so there's there are concerns there to where an overexposure of a cash position in the bank is doing two things. One, the dollar's at a 17-year high on the dollar index. It was last week. It's come down just a little bit. We're at 100 on the dollar index. That's a very strong dollar. It's a very strong dollar because it's relatively stronger than other global currencies. It does not mean that it's actually strong. Everything that the Federal Reserve and the, and the federal government are doing to inject capital and stimulus into the system is very currency debasing. And that's why the currency has lost purchasing power over time. Well, what'll happen is if you if you sit in cash at a strong dollar environment and you're feeling good temporarily, just like in 09 and 10, you'll see that dollar turn down sharply as all of those things are absorbed. That intervention gets absorbed. The money supply skyrockets, right? And so 
that's inflation for lack of a better term to so that people can understand that inflation is what actually is a hidden theft a hidden tax on your cash position sitting in the bank and you're exposed now to new laws of these bail-ins where they can use a portion of your deposits to stabilize the bank rather than the government bailing out the bank so one of the ways that people will use gold that are real estate investors is to take it one step further you're you're selling a property you're moving to cash you have every intention of maybe taking advantage of a downturn in 6 to 12 or 18 months and instead of sitting in cash and absorbing the dollar downturn at the same time you're going to move it into into physical gold and just like last year gold you know was up over 15% you actually lost 9% last year real inflation rate sitting in cash if you measure it the way they measured it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s before they started fudging all the numbers and making it look rosier than it was. So that offset is what really maintains your purchasing power. And the same number of ounces of gold will buy the same you know, real estate 10 years from now as it did 10 years ago. That's what I was about to speak on because somebody was saying... Um, Somebody who is who is all for you know precious metals. They were talking about how uh, X amount of years ago, this amount of gold could buy a nice suit, and this amount of gold could buy a three bedroom house. And then they shared, you know, at that same time, this amount of dollars, you know, fifty cents could buy a nice suit, and um, you know, thirty thousand could buy a three bedroom house. Um, so it's not necessarily that the gold is technically increasing in value. That's right. Um, it and it's not technically that the house is increasing in value. It's just that the dollar loses value to both of them uh, as we as we go on. So if you know we we bought a uh, in in my opinion based on kind of this inflation and talking about gold. In my opinion, it feels like when when we have a house that was $30,000 and we sell it for $200,000, 10 years later, I don't feel like we made money. I don't feel like we made a lot of money. We have a lot more cash, but um, what can we do with it? We can buy the same kind of house. We can buy the same amount of gold. We can buy the same amount of suits. But as far as the actual dollar, it doesn't feel like we made a lot of money. Do you have anything to say on that? Oh, that's exactly right. You're, you're getting a, a, an immeasurable sense or subjective feeling of not having the same purchasing power that you, it, it's going to take more dollars to turn around and acquire whatever it is. I mean, you know, another analogy is going back even, you know, to biblical times where they speak about gold in the Bible and an ounce of gold could buy a loaf of bread a day for a year. All right. It's still the case today. And you're right that, you know, that's real bread, you know, at around $4 a loaf, uh, an ounce of bread or an, uh, an ounce of gold can buy a loaf of bread for a year still today, every day. And, you know, that suit analogy is great. Housing, absolutely. 150 ounces of gold for a $250,000 house. And it'll be the same. It doesn't matter if gold goes to 4,000 an ounce. Guess what real estate will have done, right? So that's, that's sort of the key is that, 150 ounces of gold. Unfortunately, if you sit in cash or dollars too long or you use it for other purposes, it's going to cost you far more. That's the exposure to the real inflation rate. 
that, that you're trying to minimize by going back on your old, your own gold standard. As soon as the U.S. dollar was allowed to disconnect from gold, you were now you know unchained. It's because it becomes a fiat currency. Every currency in the world is a fiat currency, and that's why you're able to see central banks intervene to the scale in the scope that they are right now, where printing is is really unrestricted. Debts even don't appear to matter because they know that they can just print more and never service the debt. All right. It is time to get into the final five. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I am thrilled and excited to announce the launch of my brand new, brand new YouTube channel. So I don't know if you like YouTube or not, if you watch YouTube or not, but if you do, head over and please subscribe to the Apartment Investing Show. This YouTube channel is 100% about apartments only. If you're looking to fix and flip, not the right show for you. If you're looking to invest in hotels, not the right show for you. This is the Apartment Investing Show, and I mean the Apartment Investing Show, and I'm thrilled and excited about it. If you can, do me a giant favor, run over there right now, if you're a YouTube watcher, and find the Apartment Investing Show, please give me a rating and a review, like give us a thumbs up and subscribe, click that bell. We're going to be pushing out some amazing content on the YouTube channel. So if you are looking to scale and grow and get into apartments, whether it's syndication or just owning these on your own, the Apartment Investing Show is the right show for you. Go look for the Apartment Investing Show on YouTube right now, and I'll see you there. All right, we are back, and we have Tori. We're going to jump into not what your most creative real estate deal is, but what's your most creative precious metal deal that you've been involved you bet. So being here 12 years now, I've seen a lot of premium and ratio fluctuations. It's been a really active market in 12 years. And probably the most creative is taking a thousand ounce silver bar, converting it over to junk silver, which is a form of coin. Doesn't sound real pretty, but that junk silver premium can climb to over 20% over spot. We turn around, go back into a thousand ounce silver bar and increase that client's ounces by about 20% waiting for the gold to silver ratio to trade. And that is in, you know, in fact, what ended up happening. We then went into gold, picked up 50% more ounces. And so we had 20% more ounces going into gold. We ended up with 50% more ounces of gold. We came back and ended up doubling ounces of silver. And we've been sitting in silver here waiting for the gold silver ratio to correct again to go back into gold. So all said and done, we'll end up seeing a doubling in the gold ounces as well. Uh, but that's an example of a, of a creative precious metals deal. That sounds awesome. Where do you see the real estate market or maybe the precious metal market in, in five years? And where do you see yourself? I see the real estate market you know, thriving again. Uh, I say again, because in the shorter term, I think that it's it's realistic to expect a little bit of an unknown, a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a of a pullback, maybe even caused by an unfair speculation or, or fear. Uh, but I think in five years, the real estate market will have resumed because the economy will have uh, gotten back to uh, to a, a very strong wind in the sail type of, of situation. And precious metals, I think at that point, will likely be turning down slightly. I'll be realistic. There's there's times that we are the center of attention and there's times that 
worked completely off the radar. We're in for a three or four year active precious metals environment where we're going to, you know, likely even this year set all time highs in gold. We're only 10% away, uh, but we'll cross $2,000 an ounce in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, easily, it'll get a lot of attention in headlines, and likely gold's going to go closer to three thousand dollars before it runs out of steam, just based on the currency intervention and debasement. Interesting. What's your favorite book, or one you recommend to people? You know, a really enjoyable book uh, that I read it was given to me by my sister called Lydia Bailey. You probably never heard of that one. Uh, the opening is powerful; it's supported throughout. But there's a quote in there. Uh, speaking about the consistency of men and the downfall uh, in multiple examples of, you know, societal downfall due to the consistency of men. And so we need to be careful not to be too consistent. Uh, be open, you know, to to change, be open to changing your opinion, certainly changing your mind and allowing some inconsistencies into our lives. Because if we're consistently holding on to one particular belief system all the time, uh, you'll not only miss opportunity, uh, you'll probably be made to be a fool. <laughs> For sure. They say history repeats, which is not always a, a great thing. So right. um, what's one way that you enjoy giving back and adding value to the real estate or precious uh, commodity market and um, that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, giving back to uh, to the real estate market, I'd say probably just through uh, my own investment and you know dabbing in it here and there i wouldn't consider myself an expert on the real estate side for sure i've learned just enough to make a lot of big mistakes and i've gotten wiser as a result of that uh, prior even to 2008 uh, but i i like to give back in other ways uh, in my past life with with physical therapy and and sports medicine i give that away now so anybody that needs any sort of opinion or body work or anything like that uh, i just donate my time and and uh, and skill set in that regard to anybody that needs it, uh, that doesn't have the money to go see somebody for it. Great. What's one way if someone does maybe want to take you up on that, that offer, uh, what's one way and the best way for them to reach out and we'll toss that in the show notes below. Um, what might, might that be? Yeah. Love to help you out, especially with your precious metals portfolio. Uh, Tori T O R Y at McIlvaney.com M C A L V ANY.com, or you can call me directly to my desk, 866-211-8972. And uh, if I don't answer, I'll be right to you. Great. We'll throw that in show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you for coming on and sharing with us some creative out-of-box ways uh, to navigate uh, life and particularly the next couple of years. So we, we really appreciate you coming on. We're going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Jason Lewis and myself, Adam Adams, are grateful to have you as a loyal listener. And I do have one quick favor to ask is if you are looking for apartment investing, then go to apartmentinvestingshow.com. That is the brand new YouTube channel that I just launched. Brand new YouTube channel. Uh, again, this is only for apartment investing. That's all we talk about there. It is the apartment investing show and you can find it by going to apartmentinvestingshow.com.